0: in-office studios of his eye care practices in Nashville, Tennessee. It's As I See It with Dr. Jeff Kegaris, your source for eye care education and receiving the type of patient relationship you deserve. It is time for a patient revolution. And now, your host, Dr. Jeff Kegaris. Welcome to another edition of As I See It. This is Dr. Jeff Keggeris. Here in Cool Springs, Franklin, Tennessee, Cool Springs Eye Care, uh, providing you eye care education and service information for healthcare and businesses. This is the way we do what we do, and we want you to know. Today, I want you to know some other things, in particular, what you want to know, because you ask me a lot of questions, and our doctors a lot of questions. We pooled, pooled? Did we pool, or where did we poll? We could have done either. It depends on the time of year. I think we pulled, and then we polled. Yeah, I think we did. Uh, and, and we could have pulled, pool poll, you poll. Digress. anyway um <laughs> so we will i'll try to improve here the ohio state wins one game and all of a sudden you can't get dr I'm, jeff to I'm focus i'm blabbering blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all right uh, i really wanted to answer questions that are very common in the exam room for all of our doctors and what i'd like to address today at a minimum and we may have time for a little more are questions that have come up recently like Right, let me ask the first one. You want to ask the first okay, one? Okay, because,
1: and, and because it's relevant. We're sitting here in the studio. And as as uh, listeners have heard, we, we are kind of in a fishbowl here. So we see patients going into a room and we see when they're uh, walking out uh, to check out. But I do want to ask, um, the um, what we're seeing in here, a woman walks in, she's got... A brand new, I ask, a mm-hmm. six-month-old baby. And mm-hmm. then she has uh, her younger daughter. I'm guessing that child had, have been, had to have been four years old. Mm-hmm. I have three, so I'm kind of guessing a little bit. Um, so my question is, when is it the right time and why? should I have my child's
0: first eye exam?
1: That's a tremendous question. Now, the six-month-old is not obviously participating today,
0: right? But maybe. Okay, let's talk about that. That's a big question. So it's a a very good question. And what we want to get across is that it's not just about if I notice my child can't read the billboard or see something far away as well. Okay, That, that certainly would prompt you to set up an appointment. But there are routine times that we recommend for eye health and vision exams in children to make sure we are trending in the right direction, and everything's working as well as it should to give your child the best chance of academic success and, and success in life. So, first of all, we started a program about 15, 20 years ago that's called the Infant C Program. This was really co-authored by Dr. David Sullins, who is a past president of the American Optometric Association. Dr. Sullins has unfortunately passed away, but was a great leader in the organizations. And uh, this this is... What we provide as a free eye exam for infants between the ages of one day old and one year. And it truly is free. Now, we realize at that age, we don't need to be able to ask them, which is better, one or two. We can't sure. do that. But yeah. we're really not looking so much only at that. We're looking at three areas like we do in any eye exam. And that is we're looking at eye health. We're looking at binocularity, how the eyes work together. And we're looking at refractive state. The typical child at that age is going to be farsighted. All right, F- I'll back up. Yeah. Refractive state. Yeah, refractive. It's a big, that's kind of an eye care word, isn't it? That's, that's your, a force for the trees kind of word. Yeah, that's your prescription. That is when we flip those dials, whether electronically or manually, when we come up with a prescription for your lens. So the thing you put in front of the eyes and you say, mm-hmm. le- or better, worse, better, worse, yeah, better, yeah, worse. Yeah, all that. That's a That's a 4-opter. 4-opter doing a refraction. Doing a refraction. And what that refraction is doing is it's it's really measuring the deviation from zero prescription needed. So when we give you a lens that has a plus in front of it that says, Ooh, you're farsighted and I need to add more power to make your eyes focus the best. If it has a minus in front of it, it says, ooh, your eye itself is too powerful, and I need to add a little bit of divergence to that optical system to make it focus right on the retina and help you see better. Hmm. So. That's basically what's happening in the refractive state. Now, okay. with the child, we're not going to put up that instrument. So we can do this all objectively with all of these. Uh, we typically will use dilating drops. Kids don't mind that at all. I will guarantee you, um, infants, very seldom. In fact, they, they cry less than large adults. Um, and so uh, it's a very easy, probably 15-minute examination that can reassure you that, number one, your child doesn't have a, uh, any ocular problems, eye health-wise, like retinoblastoma, cataracts, other issues that could pose a long-term threat to their eyes or to their health. Uh, And we have seen and diagnosed those cases, even in otherwise healthy, normal childbirth. And so, Dr. Jeff,
1: you're saying this is up to one-year-old? Yeah. So a 10-month-old is going to walk in the door, we're going to dilate them? Yeah. Absolutely. Can we take, because we've talked about this in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. the drop in dilating the eye versus a digital image of the eye? Can we take a digital image of a 10 month old? Uh,
0: It would be very, very difficult because they have to look in the right direction and And they're blinking and and, and they're blinking. Yeah. yeah. So it's much, much easier to have a a dilated exam at that age. And, And we do have, we can formulate sprays if we have a difficulty. Sprays usually work better for younger children, not for infants. Infants are fine with drops. But we can do a spray on the outside of their eye and and that absorbs in the eye and they get the dilation that way. It's a little more fun than the eye drop or we can put the eye drop in with their eye closed and then have them just open it up and blink it in. There are a lot of gentle ways to put eye drops in where it's not a not a thing. It's more of a problem for a parent than anybody else. I was going to
1: say, so as, as a parent, but it, so I'm sitting here thinking yeah. of my two-year-old and uh, putting dilation drops in her eye. Uh, at the end of the day, if, if, if I'm making the decision, number one, you're saying children don't really give pushback uh, because it is the, the parent, but a kid's going to deal with a dilated eye Uh, better than a parent is, I think, um, Q&A number one. Mm -hmm. And then number two is, uh, aside from my feeling having been dilated and I'm automatically saying, this is how my child's going to feel, I'm going to know more about their
0: eye health by dilating their eyeballs. Absolutely, and the reason that the dilation is so important with children is that one of the side effects of dilation Um, So we make the pupil bigger so we can see the retina and the inside structures better. That's really all it is. We're opening up the peephole from a very small one to a big one. Mm -hmm. But one of the side effects is actually valuable for us in children, and that is that it it temporarily freezes the focusing system so you can't over-focus. Now, why is that important? Because kids, especially infants, have a really strong focusing system. So if I'm looking at their eye without dilation, they might super focus on me and be and seem to be artificially nearsighted when they really aren't. Oh wow. And so the, it can be a very fluctuating type of image when I'm doing my just because of the work. newness of the eye Yeah, yeah. Well, because they're they're just strong. You know, your focusing system gets weaker all through life and about forty to forty five we start going, Man, I think they're making print these menus smaller than they used to. (laughs) Turn up the lights, Gladys. (laughs) Uh, And so but but that really starts at about maybe age five to eight. But but in infants and in younger uh, individuals, they have a really super strong focusing system which may not be tuned to just relax all the time. In fact, when they see my light or something, they may start to focus on it. And so that's gonna give me a little bit of a of a different reading. So We will do a technique called retinoscopy, which is totally objective, and I can bounce a light off the back of the retina and say, Cole, your child is farsighted, or your child is nearsighted. What I'm really looking for on the prescription or refractive state is do they have a pretty equal prescription in each eye mm. because unequal prescriptions can lead to a lazy eye and that can be permanent and the earlier we catch it the more we can rehabilitate it and try to get them to equalize vision in their life if we don't do that the depth perception will be affected all through their life so we catch that by looking at the refractive state the other thing is most children are farsighted which we want okay i mean if i look at a growth chart of the pediatrician they go well you know they're 60 percent on weight and they're 80 percent on height and i think if this continues he's going to be six foot two and i say yeah that's a good shooting guard on my basketball team right um so we do the same thing with eyes it's early but we can say look it's a little farsighted right now we don't need to correct that farsighted they farsighted meaning their optical system is a little weaker than focusing light right on the retina so they have to add a little focusing but so, they have such a strong focusing muscle that's not a problem yeah as long as it doesn't make their eyes turn and so we say that developing normally just where they need to be and we'll continue to follow that
1: so let me ask you so
0: uh so many questions so as a child, not coming
1: in to get an annual, excuse me, annual eye exam, uh, I could, I could, uh, having two different prescriptions in the eye, create a lazy eye. Absolutely, right? I did not realize that, which is mm-hmm. extremely important to educate uh, parents on. Right, right. There Three and a
0: half to four percent of children in America with access to good eye care. End up with a permanently lazy eye. They do not have equal vision in each eye. Now, that but, doesn't sound like a huge number, but that's a lot of people. When,
1: but here's the thing <laughs> I think is more um, boggling to me. I can't correct it at any. I almost say at any, but if I come in as a teenager and you go, "Man, they really should have come in," you yeah. know, as a, child. are you, I, am I just getting such a different prescription
0: at that point? I'm living with that for the rest of my life, and that's my correction. Yeah, it's a good question. So here's, here's what's happening. Keep in mind the way that the eyes work. I mean, the brain gets an image in the right eye, an image in the left eye, and it puts them together. Okay. If you have a, what we would call a normal, let's say a a small level of farsightedness in the right eye that is normal for your age. Okay. Mm -hmm. But in the left eye, you have three times as much farsightedness and you have to focus three times as hard for that to be clearer. The brain does not have the ability to focus separately in each eye. If it wants to focus, it's going to focus, say, one unit for the, for the one eye, or it's going to focus three units for the other eye. Well, what would you choose? I'm mm-hmm. going to choose the one unit. It's less, right? Mm-hmm. So what that means is if I have a one unit of farsightedness in my right and a three units of farsightedness in my left, the brain focuses one unit, my left eye is constantly two units of farsightedness not corrected. It's blurry right. all the time. You ask that person to read a billboard, they read it just fine because they're using their better eye. Until we separate the eyes and we look at that prescription, um, we say, wow, that's a difference in prescription. We need to get them in some glasses or a contact lens to equalize this vision. And the first thing we do is basically nothing more than put them in glasses or contacts so that the retina is getting a clear image. But to your point... There are a number of things that we do, both here in the main office as well as in our therapy clinic in performance vision therapy or the Center for Vision Development. But if we catch that after about age eight, there's a big level of diminishing returns actually after about age six. So if I catch that teenager, they're 17, and I say, wow, you have a weak or a lazy eye. Yeah, it's always kind of been that way. I never really realized it till I came in here and you covered up my good eye. Mm-hmm. Um, I can tell you about it. But I can't do very much about it. It's just going to be that way. Now, there's some new research that the brain is more plastic, moldable than we thought, and that we can make some improvements. But I will tell you, especially for our our vision development doctors, Dr. Martin and Dr. Kelly, if I say, who do you think you have a better chance of helping? A a four-year-old that has an unequal prescription error and a a lazy eye or a weaker eye? Mm -hmm. Or a (laughs) 17-year-old? hands down. I mean, the four-year-old, because now I have a chance to do something to really improve that. And it may be just providing prescription or be patching, it may be exercises, but we have a real opportunity to make an impact. We can find that in an infant also, if there's a big enough difference. And so the earlier we catch it, the better chance you as a parent have to impact positively the vision for your child for life.
1: So Dr. Jeff, this is, um, um, crazy information to wrap my head around right this Mm -hmm. second. Here's my real question. I'm a parent. I'm listening to this podcast right now. I've got a couple of kids. I've got one on the way, whatever the situation. What is the prime age that you
0: say it's time to bring your kid in? I like to bring them in for the infancy exam, ideally around nine or 10 months. I think that's unless if they've noticed no problem at all. And if all their pediatrician screenings and visits have been normal, because remember, the pediatrician does a very valuable job. They do some screenings, but It's not a full eye exam. It's totally different. They're not looking at the binocularity like we are. They're not looking at the ocular health like we are. They have some screening instruments that can kind of bounce a light off and say, ooh, are these equal? Is is it where it should be? And they have some guidelines to say, hey, Jeff, would you give me a second opinion? But I say infancy. And for me, infancy is about nine or 10 months is ideal. Okay. And then at three. Infancy and then at three. And that should be the next eye exam. Eye health and vision exam at age three to three and a half. Again, with some kids that are three, three and a half, it can be all objective because they're not mature enough to really answer any right, questions. Right. Some little girls, more than little boys, yeah. are a little more mature, and they sit in that chair, and they we, we do optos on them, and they you know they sit for all the exams that a normal adult would and others
1: right i us meaning the digital image of the that's right guy. that's yeah. right
0: yeah. um but but others we don't and we may dilate them or or uh, do different different ways but again we're uh, it will ratchet up how much objective information we are going to always get but they will increase the amount of subjective how they participate with us based upon the age and the maturity as i see it we'll be right back Hi everyone, this is Dr. Jeff Kegarus with Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care. We've proudly served the Middle Tennessee community for the last 26 years and I want you to know we really appreciate you. Having an annual comprehensive eye health and vision exam is so important to the health of your eyes. From signs of diabetes, glaucoma, and cataracts, we're looking for it all. Don't let another day go by. Schedule your annual eye health and vision exam at Cool Springs or Donaldson Eye Care. And now, back to As I See It. Okay, Dr.
1: Jeff, this is all making sense. So you're saying uh, up to one-year-old is the infancy program. Nine to 10 months is the real sweet spot. That's when you so. really yeah. want to see the infant. And then again for the annual
0: eye exam at the age of three. Mm-hmm. Okay. Infancy and then at three. Okay. Unless they have problems. Because right. if you got problems, I'll see them at one day or two days. That's you right. know, They get prophylactic medicine to prevent certain types of eye infections right when they're born. They go through the yeah, birth canal. Sure. But there can be things that at five days old six days old mm-hmm. certainly in preemies when they're two months um, premature yeah. um, you're going to be seeing a retinal specialist in the hospital looking for any oxygen if they're on supplemental oxygen that's called um, retinopathy of prematurity with extra oxygen and those people will need to continue to be followed sure. and we we watch for those things too but if we if we go with the general i don't have any symptoms my child doesn't have any symptoms seems to be developing fine um, but I, but you've told me I should have this checked out. What are the things you're going to be looking at? Yeah, Right.
1: So you mentioned three things. You said you're looking in the infant, nine to 10 months old. You're looking at eye health. Uh, you mentioned binocular. I want to come back to, and you mentioned refractive state. So mm-hmm. refractive state, I think we all just learned, uh, is the thing that goes right on the eye. Uh, better, worse, better, worse, better, worse is where you're, um, um, uh, getting the prescription together. Let's go back for a second and talk about binocular, um, what does it mean, and what are you looking
0: for? Yeah, just like we talked about the eyes, uh, the brain takes an image of the right eye and an image of the left eye. Mm-hmm. Um, the prescriptions need to be equal. That's important, okay? Because if they're not, we talked about how that could lead to a weaker eye over time. Sure. The other thing that that is more frequent that can cause a weaker eye is a turned eye, either turned in or turned out. And it can be really obvious. Oh, boy, his eye turns in all the time, But also it can be very, very subtle where it looks like you're looking right at your child and it looks like their eyes are straight. But we have methods where we can test that. So you can have a very small little bit of deviation that could lead to a a lazy eye. And the reason with this. When you're saying when you're saying turn, like I would say crossed. Crossed, exactly. Same thing. So cross, one kind of crosses, yeah, the other does not There you go. There okay. you go. Crossed in. For or For the or, listeners, or, I just it, crossed my eyes to Dr. Jeff. Yes, you, Jeff did. And you he, did. He did a tremendous job of that. <laughs> like
1: I turned them. It's not a big deal. Cole difference. has an
0: amazing near point of convergence. <laughs> um, so, yeah, either crossed if they're turned in, or remember, Cole, one could be straight and the other one could be out. Okay, so we call those in, eso, exo, meaning out, but in and out is just fine. So we're really looking at at the six extraocular muscles and how they control each eye when we move our eyes to the left, to the right, up, down and then at all the diagonal variations, you know, up and left, up and right, down and right, down and left. And you can be fine in one position of gaze but maybe have a deviation in another position of gaze. So we're going to say number 1, do I, do I see that their eyes are working each eye individually and can move to all different quadrants fine. Full mm-hmm. motility. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to put them together and do they verge together okay do they converge do they diverge do they have full extent of motility in all directions and then most importantly when they're looking at an object are they looking with both eyes if an eye let imagine you're the brain you're I'll getting imagine. An, yeah um and you're and you're getting an image from the right eye then you get an image from the left eye but they're not looking at the same thing because your eyes are slightly crossed mm-hmm so the brain sees the right image that's straight and the left image that's over to the side. The brain hates double vision. So the brain's smart. And what the brain does, and this is as an infant, the brain says, well, I'm going to turn off the image that I don't want. And so what it does is it concentrates once again on one eye and it turns off the other eye. If that happens for long enough, then the wires, the neurons, the nerves from the eye to the brain start to degenerate. Wow. And then we can't build them back. And so that eye will be permanently lazy. We can go back, give them a prescription, we can line up the eyes, but the wires to the brain have been permanently lost and we can only enhance what is really there. So if they atrophy away, we can't get that back. Once again, the earlier we get there, the less time that the brain has turned that eye off or paid less attention to it and the better opportunity we have to keep it on, turn it on and make it more equal to the other eye.
1: Are there physical... And I'm immediately thinking of literally like, not the eye socket, right? But the mm-hmm. eyelid, am I going to see in a child, I wouldn't say child, are you going to see at a certain age, a physical um, um, drooping of the eye mm. in an eye that is exactly as you just explained, uh, a droopy eye or a crossed eye that hasn't been um, uh, corrected
0: yeah, uh, the droopy eye is a little bit different thing. I mean, if, it, if, it, if that's an eye health issue, that would be one eye health issue we we're looking at. But the uh, wiring's in, in the, the
1: back, it have nothing to do with the, I'm not going to look at you
0: and go, oh, he, there, I see he has a lazy eye because no, it is. It, it, you won't. that, that, that make sense what I'm saying? It absolutely does. You would probably say that, and some people will come in and say, oh, my child has a lazy eye. And we say, really? Well, um, what, what do you mean by that? Well, um, he has an eye that turns. Oh, okay, so that's a muscle balance or what we call strabismic lazy eye or amblyopia is that is the common term for that um and sometimes parents come in and they say yo um you, you diagnosed my son with a lazy eye okay let me pull up the chart well just tell me again what was the reason for that well you, you put him in glasses and said that would make it more equal so that's a prescription related difference sure. and so sometimes you can have both And one of those reasons, not to get too complex, is that, remember we talked about all children, for the most part, are farsighted, so they have to use their muscles. So the muscle system is connected to two other systems, the pupils... And the convergence. So the focusing muscle, when I focus more, I naturally converge my eyes more Mm -hmm. and my pupils get smaller, Mm -hmm. okay, to be able to read, if you will, or to look at things up close. So that's a natural physiologic thing. But some people, there's too much of a connection. A little bit of focus causes a whole lot of convergence. So you may see a child that far away, their eyes are straight, but up close, anytime they focus on something up close, one eye turns in way too much. Yep. And that's when they get their crossed eyes. And that can also lead to a, a lazy eye. So remember that that it's not and, and that's what we will do in the infancy exams. We're gonna check that at different distances. We're gonna look far away, we're gonna observe the child, we're gonna look up close and make sure that they're aligned. If everything's looking well and eighty five percent or more of the time when we take a, a child That mom and dad haven't had any problems Mm -hmm. and they're bringing them in because we told them that was necessary, we are reassuring the parent. Right. 15%, though, could be anything from a a mildly lazy eye, or a little higher prescription than expected, and we want to monitor that. So things that we're going to monitor, maybe but a little 15% bit 15% of the time, there's something there. That's right. That's right. All the way to something severe like a tumor in the eye that could be life-threatening. Wow. Well, so, uh, so it's just, it's so reassuring. It's like me being able to, you know, they do regular hearing checks at the pediatrician. That's it's right. kind of a screening for that's your right. kids to make sure, oh, let's just make sure there's no big gross problem. That's really what our infancy exam is too, is it's really with an eye doctor looking to make sure there's no gross problem. And then at that point, if things continue normally, we'll see them back at about three, three and a half. And if they're normal at that point, at age five. And then after that, because I really like to see them around kindergarten when they're really starting to learn because that near vision issue, how we're using the focusing muscle, the convergence muscle, um, making sure everything's teaming together really, really well. So important uh, for, for reading and learning. Sure, And then after that, probably every two to three years if they are not having any problems if they are having issues and they're in prescriptions we're going to see them in a minimum of every year and of course if they're nearsighted we can slow down that nearsighted progression to help minimize the chance of retinal detachments and glaucoma rather than just correcting it so we always have a choice to correct we'll get into that when we talk just about um, myopia control or nearsighted right. control but um, so infancy then at three then at five and then is directed by your eye doctor.
1: Dr. Jeff, I, um, I I passed the hallway here a few times where I hear, um, our contact lens specialist in, um, in the room, in the contact lens fitting room with the parent and the child. And, um, I'll, I'll make up this scenario, um, that I've heard a few times, which is the parent, um, because of obviously being the parent, but the parent is speaking for the child to the point of, excuse me, in uh, some situations wanting their child because they don't, physically want them in frames they're almost forcing right that they want their kid in contacts and i and i find that at certain um at at certain ages again i've got uh nine five and two at home so i'm just putting my own kids in this scenario Sometimes contacts aren't going to go in the eyeball of the child, right? It's just not going to fit. So I guess my real point of this is saying to parents uh, to to come in uh, understanding that and not thinking if your child really does need correction, forcing them into something, um, um, different than maybe you want, like a contact in the eyeball is just going to, in some cases, create a very bad experience for that child versus, Hey, here's some cool frames. They're going to look cool. They're the coolest thing. Right. But goes back to answering, um, the, uh, the big question, when is the right time for me to bring my kid in? And then you've added this whole other element of free, which uh, I don't
0: even <laughs> yeah, don't know legitimately, it, legitimately free. I mean, just, <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. Yeah, so yeah.
1: Uh, we have talked about eye health. We've talked about binocular. We've talked about the refractive state. Uh, nine to 10 months is what you said is the, um, the sweet spot of the age to bring that infant in uh, for us to check on those things. Again, here at Cool Springs and Donaldson Eye Care, that's CoolSpringsEyeCare.com, DonaldsonEyeCare.com. Um, you can go on and schedule your appointment right now and uh, get your child in for
0: our infancy program. That's very cool. How long ago did you say you started it? Oh, geez, we've been doing that since the year 2000. So, a long time ago, Dr. not Yeah, you a long time. We've been seeing a lot of kids. In fact, now they're uh, graduating high school.
1: <laughs> <Isn't that> interesting. <laughs> I've been, It's so cool. I know I've said yeah. this on other episodes, but I I, I I always think it's just great when when um when you're in a situation, when your organization or business, when they've been in business for so long that they are seeing the generations yeah. when they come in and they're like,
0: "Hey, I remember you saw me," and they're coming in with their little kid, right? Absolutely, really good. In fact, that's a that's a good thing to mention is that a lot of our infancy exams are are two exams. Cause the mom says, you know, I haven't had my eyes checked. I'm going to, I'm going to come in and get my eyes checked and have point. my child's. Now those are two separate exams. Sure. So we always want to know because there's work involved in, yeah, in doing sure. the infancy exam, but that's a really convenient way. And we're glad to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, Thinking about my own family right yep. now. and need do go. that.
1: Uh, so, honestly, thank you uh, very much again. You are listening to As I See It. Um, we are talking to Dr. Jeff Kegaris on honestly getting your child's first eye exam. It's extremely important. We get the question a lot. I know a lot of people on social uh, ping me with that question on a regular basis. So, thank you very much, Dr. Jeff, for uh, answering a few of those today. And, um, um go to our next episode. I don't know if it'll be the absolute next episode, but we'll have a couple other questions and I want to make sure to ask you as well, having to do around, uh, contacts and then cataracts. Mm-hmm. All right. Glad to answer. Thanks for subscribing guys. As always leave your comment. Dr. Jeff reads them every single
0: week. Thanks Dr. Jeff.